the Rad Prodheads, it's producer Brandon here with a new episode of the Rad Podcast. That's me, producer Brandon from the Rad Radio Show, doing a podcast. That's why it's called a podcast. Get it? Today's special episode is uh, gonna kind of be a little selfish. I'm gonna make it about me a little bit. Um, previous episodes, we've been having a lot of guests on, and we're kind of getting to know a lot of the Rad Radio family um, while helping other people um, on the podcast. But today, I'm going to do a special live Q&A with the podcast members. How do you become a podcast member? You go to Facebook and you look, you, you search in the search bar for Rad Prodcast. Prodcast being one word. And you click to join if you haven't done so already. Uh, the rules are pretty simple there. Just be nice to everybody. We're not there to make, you know, call anybody's names. It's a very supportive group for people to uh, come together and share their their ideas, their interests. A lot of people are vulnerable on there. They're talking about uh, drinking problems, and, and a lot of the the prodheads are coming to uh, support. And it's actually really cool to see that it's not just uh, it's not just me talking on the microphone here, but I'm actually proud to see so many people that have related to the Rad Podcast that are coming together um, in the name of you know, to not make this sound kind of campy, but but love. It's just. Nothing but good vibes going on at the Rad Podcast group, so I figured I would open up a uh, Facebook Live Q&A video session, if that's what you want to call it, and uh, what you're about to hear was pre-recorded. It was uh, recorded the night before the, this episode was released, um, and I might do it again. I, I don't know if it's if it's something that we enjoy doing. If I'm just throwing this out there because I thought it would be something fun to do. Um, I'm going to be recording it live from inside the studio with the uh, Facebook video going right at me while I record it for the podcast. Uh, so it should be a good time. And then following the Q&A, I'm going to, uh, in honor of uh, Pride Month, you know, the LGBTQ community is is a, a you know big part of our audience, especially with the Rad Podcast, because we've had a lot of people asking about sexuality issues um, or just... Just it's just sexuality in general is a big part of what we talk about. You know, I've I've admitted about my uh, my open relationships with my with my current wife and our exploration with with various swinging communities and ultimately uh, how I, f I I came to the realization or I guess I finally identified myself as a bisexual pansexual leaning more towards bisexual. Uh, and I figured I would share my story in honor of Pride Month. And if you have any questions or or if you have any anything you need help with, any advice, um, I'm going to actually be talking with my wife. I'm going to have her join me and kind of help me out with uh, the, the latter part of my story because she ultimately played one of the biggest parts in helping me identify where I stood on the spectrum of sexuality. And uh, I really do credit a lot of my... I don't know, realizations to her. So I'm going to have her help me out. Um, but she can also be a great service to all of us. If you, if you have any issues or questions regarding uh, being in a relationship with somebody who is a little more open-minded, um, or if you yourself are struggling with your identity and your sexuality, um, I will have some resources for you to go to, um, including the local uh, Sacramento and Reno area. Cause those are the two major markets that we broadcast out of. Um, I'm going to link over to some resources for the LGBT communities 
in those cities so that if you need any resources, you can reach out to them. If not, you can always reach out to me at rad at radradio.com uh, to further discuss those things. So without further ado, here we go with the the live Facebook video Q&A session from the Rad Broadcast Group. Welcome, everybody. Anybody? Yo. I'm just going to let this thing kind of build up a little bit. I don't know. I, I, I figured I would just kind of let people stare at me for a little bit. I was going to play some music, but apparently streaming music in this building takes up too much bandwidth for this live video. So, hey, it's working. That's all that matters. Good evening, Rebecca. Hello, Diane. This is pretty fast. I like this. How's it look? Not too pixelated. I've got this fancy blowjob light that you put on your camera so that when you're taking blowjob videos, just gets every nook and cranny and all the good all the good details for the HD porn. Hello, Denise. Hello. Hello, Trevor. Hey, fam. And never say that, by the way. Hey, fam. OMG, Denise. I also have Walter with me. Walter. Hi. Here, I'll show you Walter. Uh, Facebook reminded me that today was the day that we adopted Walter officially, even though we had found him a week prior at the... Uh, Placer SPCA. We were actually there on Memorial Day weekend, and uh, we were there for, we're going to check out this other dog that kind of had mangled features. We thought he was very endearing and cute, and uh, we decided he wasn't for us. He just didn't really care for us at all, so we just kind of stuck around and, and looked around, and when we were leaving, the lady that ultimately abandoned Walter at a dog park after we didn't take him out of the parking lot um, was bringing him in. And, uh, well, he was taking him, no, she was taking him out of the Placer SPCA because they couldn't take her. He was found in a different county, so they had to take him up to another county, and uh, instead of going to the other shelter, they decided to drop him off at the dog park. And fortunately, my wife was very persistent in finding him, and then uh, we had to wait about a week until they went through his full checkups and make sure he was okay, and he came home with us. June 4th of 2016, 17, no, 16, 15. Jeez, time is flying by. 2015. Yes, I'm a little medicated. It's past my bedtime, to be honest. I I don't really stay up past Jeopardy. And I know Jeopardy's on in a half hour, but God, you people are milking it from me today. I guess let's get this thing started. Um, If anything you want to ask me, hey, Danny, puff, puff, pass. Um, if anything you want to you want to ask me whatever regarding the podcast, anything that I've discussed on the podcast previously, um, energy work, sexuality. Uh, it is Pride Month. Happy Pride Month for those of you that are celebrating. When did you have your first experience? Kyle asks. Let's go with that one. Which experience are you referring to? Oh no, I'll go with Trevor's first. Enough small talk. How old were you when you lost your V card? Where and when? I was fifteen. And I had a uh, older girl over. She was 17. And uh, my my mom was out of town. She was like, out of town was like 30 minutes away because I grew up in Georgetown and out of town was Placerville. So it took about always 20, 30 minutes just to get over to the, uh, just to town to get shopping done. And so that gave me plenty of time to to have girls over or do whatever and 
this particular girl really liked me. She was older, so I I kind of played the, oh, I'm young and I want to figure things out. So will you show me the ropes? And she basically ate me alive, and that was my V-card. Didn't really last long as, you know, most first times do. Um, so, you know, it was just kind of uneventful, but it will always live in, in live in infamy for me as it was uh, just kind of a one and done, quick and dirty. Uh, when did you have your first experience? Kyle, I'm waiting for a little, oh, what was your worst lay? My worst lay? I don't remember it. I think all the bad lays just kind of get dumped out of the memory banks because it's just not good. Um, let's go with Wade. Have you thought about in the future doing your own radio show? I've thought about it, but I'm kind of doing my own radio show, which is cool. Um, I kind of grew up with the rad show, so it was easy to assimilate to it, but it's also kind of morphed over the years and I've kind of been able, been, had the pleasure to morph with it. So it feels kind of like it's already my show. Um, but if I were to like do my own solo thing, I don't know. I, I think it would, I would have to have a specific goal in mind. And right now my goal is to, uh, put on this podcast for you guys and kind of give an, give a new window to the rad show because this, this show brings a lot of people together in so many different ways. And I, I really like it. I like the, the melting pot that we've got going here. And I like the, the kind of creative momentum that we have here. So I'm going to stick with this, but as far as a future show, I don't know. That'd have to be way down the road. I think if I ever do anything like that, um, Allison, my coming out story, I, I'm actually going to be doing that after this Q and a, I'm going to kind of, I'm going to tell my story in my own personal way without having to be on camera and stuff. And I just feel like it would be a little more intimate if I tell the story. And I'm also going to have my wife join me and uh, help me out with that because she had a big part in that. So hopefully that didn't discourage you from listening to the rest of the podcast. Um, let's go with Trevor's question. What was better in your opinion, Avengers uh, Infinity War or Deadpool 2? That's a good question. I loved both of them equally. I felt like, I think I liked Deadpool 2 more because it left me more satisfied. And I know that there's a big bite of the Marvel Universe in the Avengers Infinity War that that left you wanting more. Um, but with Deadpool 2, it was like it, it was a well-rounded thing. And the, the other thing with Avengers Infinity War is you know there's going to be a sequel. So it's easy for me to be for, for me to just kind of expect the next thing. And then they always leave you waiting more wanting more. And Deadpool 2 kind of did that, and they always leave it open for another. Uh, another sequel, but I think that Deadpool 2 was way, it, just just a little bit better than Avengers Infinity War because it left me more satisfied. Um, let's go with Kel's question. Who do you think is the most funniest, Rob or Don? Now, I, 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 if you asked me that question two years ago, I think I would have said Rob, but lately Don has been putting us both to shame sometimes. I mean, well, we're still funnier than Don, but... Let's be honest. Dawn has been fucking hilarious lately, and I don't know what it is. I don't know what what she's drinking, what water. I maybe it's because her husband Dum Dum has moved back. Gary uh, has moved back from Texas uh, now that he's fixing the zoos back in the Sacramento area again. He, they can live together. So now I think the frequency that she's getting laid more is probably helping helping her uh, humor come out. Maybe 
maybe Gary's given her the old funny bone a little more often. Uh, but Dawn has definitely been funny. Let's see. How about Danielle's question? Have you ever researched what is your opinion on ayahuasca plant and medicine? Ayahuasca is the uh, the the herbal medicine that they they conjure up out there in the Amazon, right? Is that what it is? I think it's the Amazon. I'm not quite sure. I, I, clearly, I haven't done enough research on this, but I do have a very good friend of mine who we actually um, were kind of uh, psychedelic journeymen. Although we we haven't had very many experiences um, with psychedelics together, but we did do DMT for the first time together, and that was a very eye opening experience. And if you don't know what DMT is, I highly recommend you you uh, research it, look it up before you even try it. Um, I don't know how you can even find it. It's like it's one of those things like acid where you you have to know a goblin that that lives in the bushes of a concert or you just know a guy who knows a guy who knows a hippie that lives under a rock somewhere that just knows how to make these things. Unless you know some super scientist in college that's making these things up in their own laboratories. But um, <clears throat> so to get to your question about ayahuasca, yes, I, I've definitely been interested in it. But it's one of those things where you have to – it's a huge investment. You have to go hiking out there in the middle of uh, the forest and you know there's a bunch of dangers involved there. But – it's worth it from what I hear uh, to go through this whole process. And uh, it, you're supposed to, you're supposed to get super sick and super ill, but you go on this psychedelic journey while you're on it. And it kind of is supposed to spiritually awaken you and, and heal you in a, in a bunch of different ways. Danielle, I'd love to know more about it. If you have some more information that I haven't already read or talked with my buddy about, um, feel free to send it my way. It's about Jennifer's question. Do you Rob and Dawn goof off together the same way? Off of the show. Yeah, it's pretty much the same way that it is on the show. It's just a little more exaggerated on on the radio because we're entertaining. We have to be. We got to be a little more upbeat in the morning. Um, but yeah, we're pretty much the same same way. We're pretty much jabbing at each other during the commercial breaks the same way that we would. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's, it's like a family, to be honest. It's almost like a mob family where we all kind of just have each other's back and we all take care of each other, but we also rib each other because that's what family does. Kyle says that Dawn has been on the silly juice. Yeah. I don't know what she's drinking, but it's, it's gotta be good. Uh, Gerald says, can you get cards against humanity back on the sixth hour? You know, that wasn't one of my favorite things. I do like the game, but I think that it got played out really quick. And I don't know if it's because we played it so much not necessarily on the air, but we, at, at my household, um, back when I had roommates, this was like almost a nightly thing, if not every weekend. And it was just nothing but taking shots and, and playing Cards Against Humanity. In fact, there's a story about when we were playing Cards Against Humanity, we had this uh, bottle of 1800, big bottle of the silver tequila. And uh, that stuff was so strong that while we were playing cards, we were, we were passing the bottle to pour some shots the the actual alcohol content from the, the booze stripped the wood of its like veneer of, or of the uh, the lacquer on the outside. So it was just nothing but <laughs> bare wood that was stripped away from this alcohol. And we were all thinking, well, we're drinking that. And then we kept pouring shots and kept drinking. No big deal. But to 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 bring back cards against humanity, that, that's what probably eh, it's not really a good idea, <laughs> to be honest. 
only because it's it's hard to do on the radio. It's more fun to do in person. So maybe if we do like a rad meet and greet sometime, we'll bust out the cards and we'll play a game. How about that? Would that be better? I think that would be better. Um, Jessica, will you have any meet and greet opportunities for the prod squad? I'm working on it. Uh, there's some logistical things that I got to work out, but it, I think it'd be pretty easy to, to set up. We'll just go hang out at a bar or we'll meet up at a restaurant or something. Maybe I'll, uh, you know, there is, I, I, I lie because there's so many things going on. I've got, I got some really big things planned coming up for, uh, end of June, July. Is it in July? The thing, uh, you know, that where the secret squirrel is telling us about potentially trying some things and, you know, being up there, you know, anyway, she doesn't know what I'm talking about. She's not a very good sidekick off the air. You should see the face that she's making. Um, yes, I'm going to have a meet and greet thing up in the end of June uh, or beginning of July. One of those two. And I'll have plenty of details about that, but it should be a good time. Um, Allison, Mrs. Brandon, if she's there, what's your favorite part of what Brandon does? What's the not favorite? <laughs> um, I'm not going to let her answer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, get her that O face. Yep. That's the O face, Kyle. That's what I'm talking about. Um, Chris, Brandon, this live feed is so great. Thank you. Oh, you know what? Tech to you is taking really good care of us. Tech to you, the official sponsor of the rad broadcast. They, uh, they're, they're doing phenomenal things behind the scenes that I have no idea what they're doing. They basically loaded all of our computers up with all their super fancy tracking equipment. I know they're probably watching me look at porn on, on the off times, but they're doing a great job, and I think that they're they have something to do with that. Sup, Marcus? Hey, Jen. Uh, Robert, please bring back bad news over happy music. I agree; it's one of my favorites, but it's also something that lives in the archives. And you know, we kind of do stuff like that still, but you know, we got to make way for some new stuff. Uh, Brandon, uh, this is from Alex. If you have access to YouTube Red, I recommend Mindfield. Michael Stevens did an episode on ayahuasca. Okay, Mindfield. Actually, I've seen a couple episodes of that. It's a good one. I get stuck in those YouTube holes, man. I I, I will go on go on these wicked vortex. I don't, I'm sure you guys do too. You just sit there, you, you get, go into the related videos, or you think about something, and it gets you off on another tangent. It's just so easy to do, especially when it's hooked up to your TV. You just sit there on the couch and have some medicine and have a good time. Um, move forward. Brandon, I grow two different kinds of salvia that I smoke, plus I'm brewing tea right now. Best relief I've ever experienced. I've had salvia, but I don't know if I've had the kind of salvia that you that you have. I've had I think I've had the stuff that you get at the smoke shops. It might not be the same stuff, but like the like the the head shops, not necessarily the the marijuana dispensaries. Um and it, it lasted about 15 minutes for like the high part of it. You smoke it like weed. And then this is at least how I did it. I smoked it like weed, and then I got couch lock for about what felt like 15 minutes, but was probably more like three or four minutes at max. Um, and, you know, my hands felt like two balloons. You know, the whole Pink Floyd song came to fruition, and uh, I came out of it, and it was nothing. So, And I kind of got a headache afterwards, and I thought, this really isn't worth it. Um, but if what you're talking about is is giving you relief and you're brewing tea out of it, then Sounds a little bit different than what I was having. Maybe I had some some crazy shit. You should try out What Do You Meme, Jeremy says. Is that a game? What Do You Meme? I'm going to have the Google cave look that up. 
Is that a uh, is that a thing for the Facebook Live? Sounds cool. Rebecca, she says, "What's your favorite segment on the morning show, and what segment might you be interested in bringing to the podcast in the future?" Excellent questions. What's my favorite segment of the morning show? Um, I think my favorite segment is always the first segment, and I, and I only say that because it I'm always kind of grumpy in the morning and it's not because I'm grumpy to be awake or early, but it's just like, ah, oh, you know, I've got another days of work ahead of me. And I'm thinking about the stuff that I have to do after 10 AM, which is always a laundry list of things to do. But the first segment is always the best because it's almost like right out of the gate. It's, it's going to either, it's going to either be really positive or really thought provoking. But a lot of the times it's really fun and silly and goofy and ridiculous. And so it gets me out of that funk. And kind of get the cobwebs off, get get the rust off my bones and my head, and it, it allows me to kind of just get the get the wheels turning. So I think the first segment is my favorite. And what segment might I be interested in bringing to the podcast in the future? I think I want to do live stuff. I want to. I think I want to do some stuff, um, not necessarily in front of big giant crowds, but I think to have uh, more interaction with other people. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Wade asks me where I grew up. I was born in Sacramento in 1986. And I was, uh, I moved up to Georgetown at about uh, first grade. And I grew up up there until about 18. Then I moved back down to Sacramento right after high school. Booted my ass out on my own because I wanted to do my own thing. I wanted to get into whatever my next step was. College, which just basically gave my foot into the door of radio. And uh, the rest is history. I started basically right out of, uh, right out of high school as an intern at 98 Rock our flagship station, and I got hired to the morning show about a year and a half later, and I've been here ever since. Um, but, 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 Sherry, let's, uh, this, uh, this is a funny question. What does it mean when I call the show? It rings and rings, and then all I hear is the bumper music. No human spoke to me. Very weird. Sherry, that is the popularity of this show just, just happening in technology form. Um, when so many people are calling and we get all the lines built up, and then we already get caller 18 for our contest and then caller 19 for the backup for the contest. The phone screener will go busy all, which will basically hang up all the rest of the lines while putting those two calls on hold for us to go on the air. And then uh, it basically knocks you out. And I think what happens is because you have already made that connection for the ring and because of our, the way that our phone system is set up with, they're basically analog lines. They're, they're they're the old school phones that we have set up in here, but it's all set up to a, uh, a phone bank so we can filter out through those uh, six lines. So what I think is happening is basically the, the computer saying you're no longer allowed to call, but you can connect it to whatever the feed is that's set up on the, the, the phone bank, which is the, the bumper music, which is probably what you're hearing during a commercial break or the show. So, Sherry, I hope that answers your question. Tom asks, what up, Brandon? Keep up all the hard... Oh, that's not a question. He just says, keep up the hard work and love your content. Thank you, Tom. Um, this is a little tough when you're you know, doing this on your own. Uh, Move Forward says, I heard an episode of Rob and Everybody's Morning Show where no one was educated on the holistic and calming effect about homegrown salvia. So you wrote saliva. All saliva's homegrown. Um, any thoughts on it? I, Move forward. I would love to to talk all about salvia. I just I'm not as educated as I should be um, in order to be uh, have an educated conversation about it. But 
I would love to know more about these, this homegrown remedy that you have and how good it may be. Hey, Tiffany. Uh, Shannon says, love Mrs. Brando, the podcast. Damn it. Podcast was awesome. Thank you, Shannon. Awesome. Okay. Do, do, do. See, this is, this is the trouble with doing it live is that I have to catch up, start talking, and then you guys are writing all these questions. Um, this might take a while. Cheryl asks, do you realize how big of an impact you have on complete strangers? The laughs and smiles on given on any given day impact is great. You know, Cheryl, I, I don't realize that until I meet people in person and it's been happening a lot more recently and I'm not trying to brag, but it's like every time I go somewhere, I get recognized and I fucking love it. It's not like I, I love it like, oh, come to me, my people. Yes, I am the celebrity. I don't even think that way. I'm still taken back every time somebody recognizes me or comes up to me. But um, nine times out of ten, nine, nine times out of ten, I get uh, nothing but praise just, just to say thank you for being you and being so honest. And I think that gratitude is 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 met, you know, 50, I, I meet the same, I have the same gratitude towards you people for even listening to me and giving me the opportunity to, to be myself. And it's been so well received. And I'm reminded of that every time people recognize me that, um, that whatever I'm doing, and I don't know what it is that it, that I'm doing that, that is having such a positive impact, but I'm going to keep doing it. So I'm grateful, very much, very much grateful. Thank you so much. Uh, what are the tattoos on your right arm and where do you think the best place to get a tattoo is in the sack area? I am having a need for a tattoo itch. I've got the same itch, Trish. I've got, I I need to get some more done, but because of the way the video is set up, this is actually my left arm. Um, but I do have a tattoo on my right arm. It's kind of a work in progress. It's, it looks like a keyhole, but it's actually the planets to scale. Um, it's not really that interesting. Yet, but it, the the one thing that is interesting about it <laughs> is that uh, my wife has a matching one on her left arm. Um, so we got the groundwork done, like this basic line draw out of the planets to scale while we were both in Sonoma and Arizona getting our hippie on at the uh, vortexes. And we decided to kind of christen our trip um, and our, our time there with a basic outline of this tattoo that meant something to us. And now we have the creative freedom to do whatever we want with it. So we, we we have some ideas of what we want to expand on this this planet thing. On my right arm, left arm, geometric shapes. I'm all about geometry. I really like it. And uh, this is a what's called Metatron's cube. You can Google it, but it's it's basically a, it's Metatron's cube is a, is one of the symbols of the flower of life. And then the coloring is based on uh, nautical stuff or uh, uh, not seeing enemies, but coral, right? Coral? Yeah. It's just based off of some coral that I found online that I, I, I wanted to have like a kind of a coral theme because the ocean means a lot to me. And so the colors kind of bleed over onto the sides into these geometric shapes. This is a Polynesian band because I'm a Hawaii nut. And the first one that I ever got, backwards but it says dla debbie lynn 
my mom's uh my mom's initials i lost her about six years ago and that was my tribute to her and uh now i've everything's just gonna be covered i'm just gonna go all the way all the way around uh the best place to get the tattoo is where i got all these all these done except for the one in arizona um at the studio in roseville on vernon street the studio el brando is the guy that i go to i didn't pick him because of the name i picked him because he came recommended by another guy named jonas that worked there he moved out of state, so uh, he was the one that did the the letters, and he did the actual outline of the Metatron's cube thing here, and then uh, Brandon did the rest of this monstrosity. So and he did a great job. The black lines and the detail and the solid man, I, I like that solid look. It's cool. Um, so if that's if you're in that area, I highly recommend El Brando. He's the best. Oh, Kristen says, I love hearing you and Mrs. Brandon. She's so well-spoken, natural, and dynamic is awesome. Yes, that's why we get along so well. That's why I keep her around. Um, Oh, hi, Melissa. Hi, Lissy. I know you. Um, Oh, I don't want to do that. Who's your favorite superhero and why? Kel, I will answer you who my favorite superhero is. And I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for this because he doesn't really have any superpowers. He has a ton of money and a bunch of gadgets, but he's been my favorite since I was a kid, Batman. And the the one true Batman in my life will always be Michael Keaton. And that's it. He's 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 my favorite, but Batman's always been my favorite. I think that I think the reason why I like Batman so much, oh yeah. I'm such a fan of Batman that I have a Batman bust over here. I've got a collection of toys. I've got See? See how much of a Batman fan I am. I have Harley Quinn. And then I'm such a Batman fan. I have Bart. I don't know why that 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 correlates, but I have Bart. Uh, I also have... Oh, I'm showing off my, my toys now. Uh, I've got a Marshall Half Stack practice amp, so I can plug my guitar in whenever I want, and I can jam jam out it's actually pretty cool it doesn't really crank up to 11 or anything but it, it's it gets the job done i really like it um doo, doo, doo. let me see where was i i forgot where I was. oh batman yeah oh and i think the reason why i like batman so much is because of the joker i think he's the best villain out of all villains so maybe that's why um, would I ever start a Twitch channel? Gerald says, is that where kids play video games and you just watch people play video games? Yeah. I don't know. Allison, why am I a sellout? That's not very nice. Alicia, Alicia has a pet question. How did the Brandon household end up with so many cats? I married a crazy cat lady. Next question. You know, um, we're both animal lovers. She does... She she is kind of a crazy cat lady. She has a she's so crazy cat loving. She has a tattoo of a cat on her back. Um, but she, we we both had some some animals when before we got together, and then we ended up ado- uh, fostering some animals last year, and then we ended up with two extra cats on top of the ones we already had. We've also lost a couple of cats along the way. So at the current tally, we have five cats and two dogs. Too many cats and too many dogs. That's about it. All right. Excuse me while I scroll through. I must wet my whistle. Julia, can you tell us a little bit about past life regressions? 
You've mentioned it before, but didn't give many specifics, and I'd love to hear more. Well, Julia, I'd love to give you more specifics, but I can't because I'm not a medium. I don't know how it works, but I do know where to go, and I know who to ask. But um, when my experience of a past life regression, it, it's it's very similar to, I guess you would say like a counseling session is what I can equate it to, is you kind of just sit there. And you, you you close your eyes or maybe a hypnotism, but you're not necessarily being hypnotized. You're just kind of allowing the reader and maybe medium is not the right vernacular to use. Um, but my energy worker, Sierra Padva, who you can find here on Facebook, um, she basically just talks you through it. And it, you close your eyes and, and she kind of reads the the whatever the the realm is around you and and she didn't necessarily do a full reading on me but she did mention that I'm a, I must I have a previous life as a 17th century Franciscan monk um, which I found very interesting and that I apparently fostered dogs on this on this monastery so whatever that whatever whatever that means I'm not sure I haven't really do- dove too deep into that but um, Julia if you have questions about that I highly recommend going and seeing Sierra or at least messaging her. Through Facebook, Sierra Podva. That's S I E R R A P O D V A. Rick says, "This is amazing. Thanks for, for, for thanks for doing this. Let me try to spit this out." Thank you, thank you for being here. Casey says, "Brandon, what what brand of glasses do you wear? They look like Oakleys, but I need to know. They are Ray Bans, and they're very very dirty." I am not very good about keeping my glasses clean. I like to suffer. I like to work for my vision. This is so amazing, balls, Lisa. Oh. Oh, Travis. Wow, I am I am really I'm sorry. I, I'm taking so long to get through this, but uh I'm really trying to, to, to get through this as fast as I can. Um Julie says, Hey Brendan. Good to see you. Sorry I'm late. Cooking dinner to the sick hubby. Oh, I'm sorry. Your hubby is sick. But I hope I hope whatever your chicken noodle soup helps him out. I'm hungry too. I might have some chicken noodle soup. Rick asks, what's important for living an open lifestyle? Communication. Period. End of story. No, that's not necessarily the end of story. I think communication is the most important part of living an open lifestyle. If you're going to be inviting other people into your bedroom or just into your life, if you're going to have some sort of relationship with other people outside of your core group or core couple, then communication is paramount because you're not going to be able to survive without with by keeping people in the dark. It's just not going to work that way. So open lifestyle, open relationships, you got to communicate. Kristen, hi, Brandy, doing great work. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cody, good thing about video is you're nice to look at while you take a moment to read. Oh, shucks. Oh, this is a good question. Nicole, hi, Brandon. Any people, any people, babies? Oh, let me reread this question. You guys, you guys got to brush up on your question writing skills. Any babies and you're in Mrs. Brandon's future? That's a negatory. If we do have kids, we'll probably adopt or foster. Uh, but we have zero plans to have kids. Um, that's not necessarily because we, we, we have the ability to and we don't want to. Um, 
but I, I mean, I could share, right? Yeah. yeah. She, uh, she got a, uh, uh, she got a tube style. She got, um, tube ligation is what it's called. Thank you. Um, and she, so she, it was her choice and, she, but it's also, you know, health reasons that, that kind of led her to that decision, but purely because we just don't want to have kids and it's not to be selfish or, I mean, it is actually to be selfish, to be quite honest. We, we just, I don't personally think that the world is a good place to raise kids. And I, I'm not saying that to, to demean current parents or soon to be parents. I think you guys are doing an amazing job. And I think that you have a, a huge responsibility to foster some great people to help lead us to the next level in this world. But um, I, it's just not my place. I'm not ready to be a dad. If I do become a dad, I would love to foster or adopt um, to give a kid a better life that they probably couldn't have. So hopefully that answers your question. Julie, what's my favorite thing to do in radio? You know, my favorite thing to do in radio is the kind of the not just being on the air, but doing the I think the theme songs and stuff. I think those are kind of my favorite because I have such a musically driven <clears throat> bone in my body that I, I need to let out every once in a while. And to work for Rob, he basically gives me all creative freedom to do whatever I want. And that all all of that. Uh, amounts to all the theme songs that I've done, and I really love that. Rick, Rick, scratch your balls if they itch. Thank you. What can we do to heal you of your tics? Awesome and nine. I guess not Sam anymore, because that's really the only time they come up is if you guys say them. Corvus says, the reality and positivity is a nice change, Brandon. Thank you for all you do. Oh, well, thank you. I'm trying to keep it real around here, you know? We're all people. We're all just trying to get by. Question from Jill. What was the experience that opened your mind spiritually? I don't know if this is cliche to say, but I think it was my mom's passing that kind of finally gave me that nudge into spirituality. And that doesn't necessarily mean religion. I think that spirituality can mean a lot of different things. And in this case, I think energy and, and consciousness and awareness and, and where we are in the, in the grand scheme of things, that kind of spirituality, I, I think is when that finally set in. But Another cliche thing I, th I think was when I had some very mind-opening psychedelic experiences. And, you know, it, it all kind of started as a party, but then you get into these drugs, drugs, because I, I, that's what they are, like acid or shrooms, and you, you do them in a controlled environment and you don't abuse them, you can benefit greatly from them, I think. I, there's so many things to learn from the human brain and from these types of experiences that we don't know a lot about yet. And we're just now starting to be able to map the human brain, which is astounding. And I think that that's kind of kind of what led me to my awakening. I, I don't know. It's I think it's different for everybody. So maybe other people can relate to that. Uh, Robbie says, hey, Brandon, thanks for the inspiration. I, too, am in recovery. I had over two years but relapsed almost three months ago. I'm new to Reno. I moved from Alabama. Roll Tide, and thanks for the laughs. By the way, rubbing alcohol tastes just like it smells. I will have three months Friday. Keep fighting, Robbie, one day at a time. And I, I'm with you, man. I, I know how it can feel when you're that down and low, um, but... The one clean day at a time is how you're going to do this, man. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that I could be so, of some inspiration. Um, and I'll tell you, it, it was not easy, but you do it a day at a time. And I think 
the more you say it out loud, the more you share it with people, the more you build up your support group and, and reaffirm your belief that you don't need to drink today, it will help you out every single day. I promise. Oh, Rebecca, if you had to describe yourself in three words, what would they be? Three words. Loving? Man, this is tough. It's putting me on the spot. Because I love everything. I love everyone. I, I love my animals. There's so much to love. I, I Funny? I consider myself funny. I'm probably not funny to a lot of people, but I'd say I'm funny. Um, Let's see. What else? Orgasmic. There you go. Uh, Alyssa says, how's Lucy? I have a dachshund with back issues as well, and it's been challenging. Yeah, Alyssa, it's tough with those dogs, with the dachshunds. They, they have uh, those long backs that don't last too long, and Lucy's doing actually really well. She's on a very uh, good regimen of, of pills, and uh, she's got some anti-inflammatories that she's doing. She's got uh, this glucosamine or acetyl uh, M is what it's called. It's actually a wonderful supplement that's basically like glucosamine, but it's it's uh, more directed towards elderly dogs. I guess it could be used on younger dogs too who have joint issues, but they're predominantly mostly used for older dogs. And it's amazing this stuff that the dog can go from completely sedentary to walking around and and being its happy little self the next day. Now it's not a miracle drug, but it does have some really profound effects. So acetyl uh, M, it's uh, C E T Y L and the letter M. Uh, I, I they get them at the, you can get them at like a animal supplement store. I'm not quite sure where you are at, but um, I can recommend a couple places if you want to email the show. Um, and also, uh, I, I go to an acupuncturist for Lucy. There is a great acupuncturist in the in the Sacramento area who actually works on the giraffe at the Sacramento Zoo, but then she does other work at other locations, including the Sacramento area, where I take my dog Lucy to get her acupuncture done. So when she's not working on the, the giraffe, she's out here working on little puppies. And she's done a bunch of other wildlife. And she's an amazing person, this chiropractor, Dr. Koski. Is her name? She's an amazing person, and and she has done some wonders for Lucy. She does cold laser and acupuncture on Lucy's back, and it it has done some great things. And I'll tell you, I, last October I thought I was going to have to put Lucy down because she was completely sedentary. She would not get up, but only to eat. And if I picked her up to go outside to go to the bathroom, that was it. She was just laying on her side in bed all day, and after that. It, uh, uh, I, I thought I was done. I, so I took her to, to Dr. Estes at uh, Rockland Ranch and she said, you know, there's this, there's still some spunk in her and we got her on some pills and she's doing really well. So Alyssa, the, there's, there's options out there. Um, and I know it's really tough to see your dog go through that stuff. So, um, let me know if you need any help. Uh, the email rad at radradio.com. I'd be happy to, um, point you in any direction to, to maybe get your little wiener dog some help. Um, Yvette says, do you randomly shout out nine or awesome in your regular life? If so, how does Mrs. Brandon feel about it? She rolls her eyes most of the time, especially when, uh, we do, I've had to, there's been a ban on Trumpisms in the house. So like word or huge or, you know, any of those stupid Trumpisms, I can't say at home or else I'll get smacked. Um, but if I yell out nine or awesome, uh, it's usually met with an eye roll, but I don't necessarily do it all the time. I have this nervous twitch in the back of my mind or like I'll have kind of a fidget. Like I have to do it because I'm so well-trained on the show. Um, but you know, it's a lot of times I don't do it. Alicia asks, what's your 
absolute favorite breed of dog. I'm not going to get a hound again. We, we were talking about that at the dog park today. I, I love Walter and I love Lucy, my dachshund, but hounds are difficult. And uh, I, I do love the work is worth it when you put it in. But to be honest, I, I, I kind of want I kind of want a dog that I can uh, that doesn't take as much daily. Oh, this is going to sound bad. I'm not going to say daily maintenance because every dog takes daily maintenance. That's a stupid thing to say. Don't say that. Um, I don't know. I, I I haven't had enough dogs to say definitively what my favorite dog would be, but I do love German Shepherds and I, I love Golden Retrievers. Um, I really love the scruffy dogs with like the beards that always look like they might be named after British names. You know what I'm talking about? Nigel. I don't know what type of dog it is, but they always have like kind of these long scraggly beards. What? Labradoodles. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I need to get I need to get in into more dogs before I that sounded bad. I'm not gonna get into dogs. Oh boy, digging myself a hole here. Jasmine asks, what ideas do you have for the podcast in the coming weeks? Well, I do have a Rob and Christina episode booked. That'll be fun. We'll be able to talk to Rob and Christina, ask them a bunch of questions and get into a little insight into their marriage and how things work in their household. That should be fun. Uh, Jolene asks, I understand you're part Latino. Do you speak Spanish? What geographical area is a part of you from? Un poquito hablo inglés. Um, I, I do um, not really speak Spanish, but I, I do know a little bit. I can understand it pretty good, but I don't I don't speak it very frequently. Um, but the geographical area, somewhere in Mexico, somewhere in Mexico. That's all I know. My, my dad's family was not very uh, close with the Mexican side. So my dad's real dad was never really around. So I don't really know too much about that history. And I'm not really going to go sending my DNA in any places. Uh, Rick asks, when you and Mrs. Brandon play with others, do you play bareback? Wouldn't you like to know, Rick? Uh, da, da, da. Lewis, what's the plan after the show? I'll probably get a burger. I'll probably grab some, uh, probably grab some dinner. I'm sure you meant something else, but I'm probably going to get some food. Kristen asks, would love to get segments on tools of the trade for creative work. Share insight on the operations of the show. Would love to get behind the scenes tools, programs, marketing strategies, etc." Wouldn't you like the whole pamphlet? Um, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a daunting process. The the entire thing there. I could do one of those master classes, like uh, what what's he what's his name? Uh, Gordon Ramsay does the master class on cooking, and um, Ron Howard did a master class on directing. I guess I could get on there and do some master classes, right? Couldn't be too hard. I mean, those guys don't have degrees. <laughs> Who needs a degree for this shit? Hello from Alaska, Brian. Hello, Alaska. I cannot wait to visit Alaska. Okay, Rick. Yesterday was my birthday. Can you sing happy birthday to me? I'm really fucking old, so sing loudly. Ah, Rick! Happy birthday, you old bastard. Now have a Sanka and shut the fuck up. Jasmine asks, do you ever see yourself leaving Rad? Not for the time being. No, I love it here. Why would I leave? It's fucking great. Oh, a cooking segment from Trish. You, you you suggested a cooking segment, Trish? I like that. Yeah, we should do that. Oh, I've reached the end. Oh, thank God. <coughs> oh, I thought I thought I was going to die there. Okay, I think it's going to wrap it up. Oh, Timothy from Cool. I lived in Cool. Well, Pilot Hill, but I love it up there. Thank you guys so much for joining me. This was actually really fun. Uh, I think we got some pretty good stuff out of this, and maybe I'll do it again. Maybe I'll have some more of a of an outline to go off of next time now that I've done this once. And uh, tell your family, tell your friends to uh, listen to the podcast and hear your questions answered live on Facebook. And uh, don't forget, I'm going to have a, uh, a special Pride Month 
celebratory segments of my coming out story and, and other things after this part of the broadcast. Everybody have a great night. Thank you so much for hanging out. Happy Pride Month. Um, I thought I would take this part of the podcast to kind of open up the the month of podcasting to, uh, to to celebrate those that are in the LGBTQ community and uh, let you know that you're not alone and that if you are kind of, you know, on the on the fence, on the, on the fence or on the fringe of where you're at and the spectrum of sexuality, then maybe Maybe this will be a little helpful because I'm going to give a little insight onto kind of where I am at in my sexuality and how I came to be. Um, And I'm not going to go into too many details, but I'll basically give the the rundown of kind of how my interest in in the same sex started. And I'll go from there. So I was a very young lad at about, oh, I'd say nine or ten and uh, at that time, I, I, I was spending a lot of time with buddies, but there was this one friend of mine, and I'm not, I, I promise you, this is not going to get creepy or weird, um, but this is just kind of where I started noticing things. And, and I think what I noticed was that I was drawn to this bond that I had with this particular childhood friend. And the bond kind of grew not just from, you know, the, the, the buddy, the friendship, but it, it grew kind of more in a physical attraction. And it wasn't like we were two kids w- that were, you know, being forced to do sexual acts on each other. There, there was nothing malicious involved, um, but it, it was, you know, experiment, take kids experiment at a young age. And I think that was my first kind of exposure to um, what might be, turn into an interest later on. And and I think it was just kind of came naturally and it, it happened. So it was a part of my history. Now, fast forward about five, six years later. Um, no, a little bit further. It wasn't until about the end of high school that I was able to really kind of come into my own. And I say that because I was a very reclusive kid growing up. I, I had not too many friends. I, I, I ran a really small circle. Um, I was a band geek in middle school, so I, I spent most of that time, my time, my free time in the band room when I wasn't outside, you know, spending time with my small clique of friends. Now, I did get into sports because I, I needed to break that that mold. I needed to get out of the, the, the recluse part of my life, and I, I knew that even at a young age. So I, I went out and did sports, and, and I fortunately had some friends take me under their wing. And it, it, it helped. So I kind of got out of my shell leading into high school. And then after high school, you know, school is just a terrible experience. And I think I sheltered myself from a lot of things because I wasn't really equipped well to, to be present in the in in the world. And I think that a lot of that had to do with just where I was. I grew up in the middle of nowhere. So I, I had a lot of time on my own. And it was hard to kind of be exposed to more things in the city. And, you know, the city was Sacramento to me. So that just goes to show you how small of a town I grew up in. And um, so when I got out of high school, I, I, I thought, you know, the world's my oyster. So I, I started really diving into sexual experiences and, you know, it, it, which started out traditionally with with women. Um, but I had an interest in men for some reason. And I I knew that it had to do something with 
my experiences earlier on in life, but it had always kind of stuck with me. And I felt, I felt this desire to explore more and I, I resorted to kind of doing it secretly and, you know, doing the whole discreet thing down low, meeting people that were like-minded that were, that I could trust and could explore with. And I had a couple of occasions where I was able to, but never openly. And I never thought anything, I never thought that I was ashamed. I just didn't know how to express it. And I kind of lived that way throughout my twenties until I met my wife. And at that time I was kind of at my sexual peak of exploration and wanting to know more about my body and other bodies and, and other ladies' bodies and other men's bodies. And my wife came upon me, giggity, literally and figuratively. And uh, she allowed me to be who I was. And I think what what the type of person that my wife is, was the type of person that allowed me to fully allow myself to be vulnerable and communicate exactly how I felt with zero judgment. And not only was it met with no judgment, but it was met with love and it was met with acceptance. And I thought this has never happened before. And I don't know if it was just because I had a, a bad run of luck or I just didn't meet the right person. And I quite frankly, I think that's the, that's the answer. I think that I just had not met the right person to allow me to explore my sexuality fully. And that's when I realized that I was bisexual. If not, uh, I, I don't want to really pigeon my whole, pigeon my whole. <laughs> Very appropriate. I don't want to really pigeonhole myself into like one or one or the other, because I find beauty in all types of genders and all types of people. And I, I don't necessarily find myself attracted to a like a, a specific type of guy or a specific type of girl. I, I find so many different types of people attractive for very different reasons. And, you know, with, with a few exceptions, cause we all have our taste, but I think that it wasn't until I met my wife that I was able to fully explore that. And we, we went balls deep, so to speak into swinger communities. And we quickly realized that the type of tastes that we have aren't necessarily the popular, uh, isn't necessarily a popular consensus consensus. In fact, the bisexual man is, is the minority in a lot of these cliques and it's hard to express that type of, uh, lifestyle or be in that comfortable lifestyle to, um, to, to, to fully be who you want to be. And so we quickly realized that the life, the, that particular swinging clubs and lifestyle wasn't necessarily for us. And so we found our tastes elsewhere and we met people one-on-one -on -one and we were able to experience things together. And it has been some of the best times of my life, but it, it has also brought my wife and I even closer today um, after any experience that we have. And there's some science behind this and maybe we'll get into that. But when, when you go into that type of situation into like a threesome situation, there's something that takes over primally that it turns into more of a carnal lust than it does any sort of like love connection. And at the end of that, when you have a connection like my wife and I do, it turns into this magnificent, uh, 
uninhibited, just raw fuck fest. There's some science behind this, and the the the, the science the, the the if you want to look into this, there's a thing called human sperm competition, and that's it's kind of goes back to the 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 caveman days when men bred with women like they were animals because back in those days that's basically what we were and that's basically who we are that that man whoever came next physically altered his state inside his biology so that his sperm would be more powerful and so if you if you extrapolate that mentality or that idea into the situations that my wife and I have put ourselves in that that idea br- brings us closer together and I think that's kind of where we get our rocks off for the most part is that it not only is in the moment something completely wild and mind opening and, 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 and sexually exquisite in our opinion, if you can get a connection between multiple people like that to enjoy each other, then it, it works really, really well. Now we've had our fair shares, our ups and downs of of not so good eggs, but we've had our fair share of good eggs too, and we've had some some good times. So I think where we're at today, we're we're kind of in our own element, and we haven't really messed around with other people, or I haven't really explored my bisexuality in quite some time. It's been a while, and I, I think there's some reasoning behind that, um, and I'll get to that in a second. But I want to first introduce my wife. Hello. Hello. Hello, Mrs. Brandon. Hello. Thank you for joining me on Thank this uh, very important topic. Thank you for having me. Um, uh, before we go any further, I wanted to present this question that we got from Scott from our podcast group okay. um, that might be able to lead us into the next portion of this conversation, okay. which won't last long, I promise. We won't, we won't bog you down too much with this sexuality talk. But he asks, how does your wife deal with your interest in homosexual tendencies? Has she confronted this as an issue of her own insecurity with your sexual preference? Or how do you balance monogamous relationship with non-monogamous proclivities? Uh, Well, let's start with, I don't have an issue with homosexuality in the first place. Uh, I don't see it as anything different than a bisexual female that we all seem to get our rocks off on. Um. I don't have any issues with it. There's nothing for me to deal with. Um, you sure you're just not putting up with me and my and my perverted ways? I'm pretty sure you're putting up with me in my perverted ways. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this isn't a pro- bad problem to have. Yeah, to be honest. it's well, you know. I mean, if you're at a formal function and you you have your hand down my pants, then it could be a problem. To be perfectly clear, maybe I choose the wrong time, but he says no to me more than I say no to him. <laughs> so the I don't in and in, in girl and guy world, girls get headaches. Guys just want to cuddle. Can we just cuddle tonight? Mm-hmm. Well, most of the time, if you're if you're grabbing me in public, it's because I have I have a mast oh, oh. that goes up that that will publicly display my. Please, <laughs> please tell them the story of the Target dressing room where you try. He okay. Oh, okay. So we were gonna we go fantasize. try. On, we were gonna we fantasize go about the public it. sex thing. It's something I enjoy. I've been dragging him into every freaking dressing room I could find that was like unisex and he was 
Well, this particular one was in the middle of the store. There was like, there was no real discretion. There was a bunch of people around. Like, yeah, we could be quiet, but they know what's up. And? All right. I mean, security guard was in the in like the hallway too. Yeah. See, so there I was dr- a lot I, of things. I, I coerced factoring. him in because we were both trying something on in separate dressing rooms. We found each other in the dressing room, and I said, "Come here, come here." <laughs> and he's got like three pairs of pants folded up, like in his hands, and he's like, "Okay," like he has no idea what I'm doing. So I'm like, "Perfect. I'm going to take him by surprise. He loves it. He loves it when I do that." So I start kind of fondling, like I drag him in, I turn, I lock the door, I pull him in, and he is just like, what are you doing? And I'm like, <laughs> I feel like I'm molesting Ray. my own, yeah, and he starts worrying, and he puts the pants between us, like he's protecting himself with the pants, and I was like, what, you're no fun! <laughs> yeah, see, that was, I don't even remember my, I don't know who that guy was, but that wasn't me. <laughs> Hindsight's always twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Scott, to answer your question... Basically, fuck you. Uh, there's really no issues here. And well, I, uh, you could speak for yourself. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, hold on. because I'm getting a little defensive. He, he That's does. All. And, and I can see why. Um, but I think that it, this, this question is just kind of based on um, not understanding the inner workings of our relationship. Because we don't we talk about it, but we don't put it out there on paper for everybody to read. Nobody knows who we talked to or how we met them specifically. They weren't there for the situations. And... To be perfectly clear, we don't have a non-monogamous relationship. In fact, when we are having these encounters, we are completely connected. There's almost no point, unless one of us stops to get a drink of water or a towel, (laughs) are we not involved together. So I don't understand where the non-monogamy comes from. So it just sounds like you don't know everything about our relationship, and I don't think you should because it's our relationship. And not all relationships work that way. No. And that's the thing is I think that what what Scott might be alluding to is the fact that you you can't be monogamous and have these experiences and claim that you're still being monogamous. I think I think just the verbiage in the the email or the, the question has a it says a lot about the person. Maybe that I don't know. Maybe they're a little more conservative than we are, and that's okay. And it's fine. And it's I, your, you do you, boo. Yeah, and I you know I, I only meant fuck you in the most endearing way because you know it, it, that's exactly how I feel about anybody who who might presume that. The stability of our relationship is not rock fucking solid. He's very protective of our relationship. And we've worked very hard to get where we are. We've worked very hard on our relationship. Hard on. (laughs) We, it's something we've poured our heart and soul in. So yeah, you're a little defensive. We poured a lot more than just our heart and soul into it. Don't take it it personal, Scott. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) He just gets a little defensive about that, which is fine. So you now you've heard me basically tell my story. Do you, is there anything I'm missing here? Is there anything that I might be glossing over that might be helpful to others or, um, and also how did you initially feel? When I basically came out to you. Oh, my God. Do you want my honest to God opinion? Yeah, let's start with that. Okay. So because I'm a horn dog, I was like, great. I get to fuck more dudes still. Like, <laughs> this is fantastic. I'm not. Because <laughs> when we started when we started dating, neither neither one of us, admittedly, for a good six months, were like, whoa, we're boyfriend and girlfriend. It was like, we're, you know, getting there. Like, 
we weren't necessarily we were not sleeping with other people as far as i know but we're not (laughs) don't do that i'm just kidding no we we weren't we were with each other almost every single day it's just there was this like i don't think either one of us really wanted to let go of that single lifestyle that we both enjoyed i was out of a divorce it was really fun i was Oh, it was party time. It was. It, we, we were both. We both met each other at our party peaks. I think. Well, and I think we breached it a little bit later in life because of both of us were very. When we were younger, both of us were very driven and similar. Brandon and I, um, though we grew up apart and didn't meet until our late twenties, had almost identical childhoods in the way that we were. We were introverted. We were very, you know, closed in. I was homeschooled. Um, by my choice. That was my choice. I want to be clear about that. I lived in Roseville. Grew up in Roseville, but I was homeschooled because. I didn't do well in the public setting. I'm very much a, an introvert, little social anxiety. Um, we met at a time where we had sort of calmed down from our, our drive. Like, you know, he moved out at 18 and I was 17 in ROP training to be a vet tech because, damn it, I was going to be something. And, you know, I we wanted to get out of Dodge. We, we wanted did. to we wanted to get into the, the workforce full steam. I think and I, you know, I. I graduated high school early just so that I could because I was so done with it. It was so stupid to me, you know. Oh, so we got to a point where both of us were like, okay, so we've gotten to this point in our life where we didn't really party too, too hard. We needed to sow our wild oats is what we we needed to do. And so we we decided to sow our wild oats together. And it worked out amazingly. We have our, like I alluded to, our bad, our bad encounters, but the all I think every encounter we learned something new, and every single time it brought us closer together. Not every, every time. Yeah. Oh no. Every absolutely every time. Um. You know, not every experience is going to be fireworks and pom poms. It's not every time sex is great. It happens. Well, your vagina is always fireworks and pom poms. I do have a good vagina. Without. Yes. Tight and small and <laughs> death grip. <laughs> uh, moving on, anyway. Um, so you, you enjoyed the fact that, that I came out because you, at that time, wanted to fuck more dudes. It wasn't so much that I wanted to fuck more dudes. It was like, we can actually have some fun here. Yeah. This sounds fun. We could relate. Yeah. And and when we when we first started dating, it was very casual. So it didn't feel like... We were laying the foundation for what we have now. I think a lot of what we did, we didn't realize it, but we just had a general respect for one another. I had more respect for him than I had uh, for most anybody that I had ever met in my life, and I couldn't explain it. I I just did. I just I felt like he was an old soul, and I, even though he's just barely younger than me, um, I just felt like he was smarter than me and more in tune than me, and he was. So so much funnier than me. <laughs> he always made me. He has a direct line to my funny bone. <laughs> and it's my bone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, I, I think that it was just, it was a because I needed to explore my sexuality. I, I didn't really get that much. Like, I was one long-term relationship, and then I would be single for a little bit, and then it was another long-term relationship. And so I, I needed to explore. I, Not that I didn't previously, but I yeah. wasn't done. And I think we did it safely and in a way that we both benefited mutually. Yeah. Uh, but it also kind of just solidified us as a unit. 
Yeah. And I think it's just, I, I, I think you're the bee's knees, to be honest. No. Um, so all of this stems from the fact that it is Pride Month. Um, so I wanted to just kind of lay lay out my story and just put that out there since I haven't really been able to share it fully. I know I've alluded to it in, in previous episodes and on the air a little bit on Rad Radio, but, um, you know, I guess this is a little more intimate way of looking at it. Um, if you want the juicy details, then maybe we'll chop it up over some drinks someday. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, if you need any information, if you are on the, on the, on the fringe, if you don't know what's going on with you, or if you just need some answers or need some help or need some, some advice, I recommend going to saccenter.org. That's uh, S-A-C-C-E-N-T-E-R.org for the Sacramento LGBT Community Center. There is going to be some events going on downtown Sacramento for Pride this weekend, so I highly recommend that. And for the Reno listeners, I would recommend going to Our Center. That is ourcenterreno.org. And uh, they're also doing some fun things for Pride this weekend and all throughout the month. And they have some resources there, uh, whole community programs, all that kind of stuff for you. If you need any advice, some help, just maybe just the community to reach reach out to and get some more answers as to where you fall in it all. And I think that's going to do it for us this week. And we will talk at you next week. Namaste, bitches. The Rad Broadcast.